0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I want to talk to you today about faith. About faith. And we're going to look together today at five levels of faith. To every one of us who believes, every one of us. God has given a measure of faith. He has given a measure of faith. On the day that I received him, on the day that you received him, because you receive him by faith, by grace you are saved through faith, not of works. Nothing happens with God and to us from God without faith. We can't even please him without faith. We can't communicate with him without faith. We can't walk with him without faith. Faith is essential. So every one of us has a measure. Our measures are not equal. Here is the tragedy. The tragedy, sis, is that there are some people who have the same measure that they were dealt at the day they came to him. Faith doesn't shrink, but it ought to grow. If I still have the same measure today that I received 30 plus years ago, that means it is inactive. It is inactive. Think about our bodies naturally. If you move and you're active, does that benefit your body or does it have an adverse effect on your body? It benefits it. If I am sedentary and I, see not good, I didn't even ask the question, already not good. It has an adverse effect because it impacts your circulatory system. And you need good circulation for oxygen to flow in your vessels. So movement is good. If I have faith and the faith in me is not moving, how can I move anything without faith? But just like my natural body, if I'm fit and I have a strong core, I could lift more. I could even lift above my weight because I work on my core. The core of our existence in the kingdom of God is our faith. Have you been working on your core? You don't want to be soft around the middle. That's why my jacket is buttoned up. (laughs) When my core gets better, I'll open it up. But for right now, You don't need to see my belt. But there's something about active faith. Active faith. That's why I believe that the faith of this ministry is going to rise as we go out because we are active. You could come to church every day for 50 years faithfully. Never miss Tithe out of all that you have, be kind, be a good, faithful servant of God. But without faith, you can't please him. It's impossible. He doesn't take pleasure in me simply coming to church, Brandy. He doesn't take pleasure in me with this microphone, preaching the word to his people. Even if every time I stand up, I give you 100% of the counsel of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. There is nothing that I could do that is not wrought in faith that pleases God. Are you with me so far? So let's look together, and we're gonna go through this, the five levels of faith. Let's put it on the screen. You can take a screenshot, For those of you who are taking notes, you can take a picture with your phone, make it easy, but the first level is no faith. So the first question I would have if I were you and you're smarter than me is, I thought you just said God gave us all a measure of faith. How can I have no faith? The scripture will answer that. The next level is little faith. There's no shame in little faith. We'll we'll look at that. The next level, Sam, is mustard seed faith. The tiniest of all seeds. Samantha, if we just have that, we can move a mountain. If I can move a mountain with mustard seed, what can I do with the next faith? Marvelous faith. No, no, no. Marvelous faith. Number four. I'll say the number. One, two, three, four. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. Four. Marvelous faith. Marvelous faith. Fifth level, for the masters of faith, great faith, great faith. What's the first level? Get off that level. Don't stop on the first floor. <laughs> Keep it moving. That means it's less than I received, right? Because if everybody got to measure, it's got to be at least little faith, mustard seed, marvelous or great faith. It's less than I received. It's like I buried what I had. It's buried. Let's go to the first one because I want to satisfy your curiosity about the question, how in the world can I have no faith when to everyone he's given a measure of faith? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Right? Is there anybody who's saying that? That doesn't make sense. No? It makes sense to you? Doesn't make sense? Okay, just talk to me. I'm looking for a little bit of interaction. Okay, good. Let's go to Mark chapter 4 verse 40. Mark 4 and 40. There are some situations in life that if we're not careful, will rob us of our faith. Snatch it right out of your spirit. Here's what Jesus said. But he said to them, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're having a crisis. They're in the middle of a storm. Jesus is there, but he's down in the boat, sleep. Here's what we know. The one who keeps us, he neither slumbers nor sleep. He knows what's going on. He had already given them a word. Keep, this, keep the text up. I just want to walk through this a little bit. Before they left the shore, he said, let us go to the other side. I want you to know that somebody who might be in a storm, what you hold on to is the word that he's spoken to you. If Jesus says, let us go to the other side, you're going to get to the other side. There's nothing, no devil in hell can stop you from getting to the other side. But here's what he said. But he said to them, why are you so Fearful. How is it that you have no faith? This is Jesus talking. These are his words, not mine. He's talking to those who are closest to him. He says, how is it that you have no faith? I've given you faith. You've seen what I can do. You've been up close. I've poured into you. How is it that you have no faith. Jesus never asked a question to look for an answer. He already knows it. He's he's the greatest provocateur who ever lived. He asked a question to get you to see something. And here's what I see in that verse. The first question gives the reason why they have no faith is because of fear. Here's something that is certain. Faith and fear cannot abide in the same place. Just as light and darkness can't abide together. When light comes in, darkness goes out. When darkness comes in, light ceases. That's why the devil has the world confused. You don't even know what light is or darkness. The world would have you to believe that darkness is light. And if you come with light, you get rebuked. You get shut down. If you come with love, the love of God is called hate. Darkness is now considered light. Am I the only one who can discern that in this generation, in this time? You know what it's like, and I think I've told you this story before, but it's, it brings home this point of fear robbing us of faith because they cannot abide together. And when people are fearful, it paralyzes you. That's what the illustration was about. There's a spiritual paralysis that comes on us when we are fearful. That's why the Bible says God has not given us The spirit again to fear, but of love and power and of sound mind. And it goes on to say, because fear torments. These disciples were tormented. Jesus was right there in their presence, but they were tormented. And so Jesus got up and said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then he turned away from them and spoke to the wind and said, peace be still if it were me I would have turned around and said you feel better now you feel better now I was here always why were you so fearful, fearful fearfulness to God in a believer is a, a certain indicator that you don't trust me why are you so fearful when I'm right here with you No faith, no faith. So what does that mean? All of us experience fear. Fear can be useful. Fear causes me not to run out in the street in the middle of the highway. Fear causes me when I go to the zoo not to climb over and get in in there with a lion. Fear is useful but not the tormenting kind of fear. So then, what are we to do to be good stewards of the measure of faith that we have? Psalm 56 and three gives us an answer. David, read the last verse. It says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. So Brandy, the minute I fear, feel fear coming, Lord, I trust you, Lord, and you know what happens? That trust caused the light to go on and darkness flees. Fear and faith can't abide together. When I trust in him since, fear goes. faith goes up, fear goes out. Faith goes up, fear goes out. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Because they lost their confidence in him. The evidence is, they said, don't you care if we perish? Careth thou not that we perish? No faith. No faith. May you never be found for the rest of your days in one moment, not a moment, where you be found with no faith. Now you know how to attack it. When fear comes, what do you do? Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. See, David understood that. He didn't deny that he was afraid. He said, but when f- I'm afraid, I have the anecdote. Like if someone gets bitten by a snake and the venom is in them, you give them the anecdote and they'll live. When my, when my faith is attacked by fear, the anecdote is to trust in him. Whenever I'm afraid, somebody ought to say that out loud, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Come on, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. See, that's courageous people. Even unbelievers understand this principle. You see, courage is not the absence of fear. It's action in the presence of fear. That's how you overcome your fear. Fear comes to torment and to paralyze, but from this time forward, we will never be in a paralytic state again. We will never be tormented by fear because whenever I'm afraid, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in the Lord till I die. Fear and faith Cannot abide together. Are you with me on this first one? Do you know how to handle fear? Do you know how to drive fear out? Faith. 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 Let me try to take my time. I want to teach this thing, but Lord, I want a preacher to come out. But this is not the time for that. Y'all pray for me. Yeah, pray for me that I'll work it out. I want to work it out. Here's the next one. Number two is little faith. Little faith. So before I read the text, here's what we want to look for, Sam. What is the root cause of little faith? I get the measure that's little. There's nothing wrong with it. But there are times when my faith is greater than little, but it it is diluted to little faith. Like, I'm not fearful. It's not fear. It doesn't take it all the way out, but it takes it way down. It's like if my faith started here and something creeps in. Still a little bit in here. Can you see it? But it's not what it was. That's what little faith is like. Matthew 14, 25 and through 27. And then we're going to read Matthew 14, 31 through 32. Walk with me in this. So, the fir- there's the first thing I want to communicate. Because this has to do with faith too. And this is for all the prayer warriors. You're going to get this. Don't get out of your seat and start running. I was running in my house all by myself. If I keep running like that, I'll be able to unbutton my jacket in two weeks. (laughs) Working on my core in the Holy Ghost. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to them walking on the sea, the fourth watch. Somebody get it already. Now, I want you to know he's walking on water. Let me set this up. He was up in the mountain praying. And while he was praying, he knew that the disciples he had taught all day. So he was alone with his father to recharge his battery because virtue had, had left him. And while he was up in the mountain, he saw them struggling. The winds were contrary. They couldn't, get, they couldn't get across. No matter how much of their strength, how, much, how many of you have experienced this in your life, doesn't matter how much you exert yourself, it feels like you're not moving. They're not moving because the winds were contrary. So Jesus sees them. He comes out of prayer down from the mount and begins to walk towards them. And you know their response, they said, it's a ghost. (laughs) That's not natural. That's a ghost. But what I want you to first see before I go any further is this happened on the fourth watch. The fourth watch is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's the last watch of the night. At the end of that, that's when the demonic forces pack up their stuff as their last shift and they go, the fourth watch is when you declare your day. The fourth watch, and see, I didn't know this, but for years, God's been waking me up in the fourth watch. And I thought it was insomnia, like seriously. It's like, I just can't sleep. But the Spirit of God will have me in the Word, sometimes praying. I'd have to go in a room where I don't disturb my family. But I thought, I'm doing this because I can't sleep. And then he gave me the knowledge of the fourth watch. Do you know on the fourth watch, the children of Israel were delivered out of bondage? The fourth watch is the time of deliverance, where you can declare your day all the plans that the devil has to spoil you, you can tie him up in the fourth watch. So when the Spirit of God wakes you up, it's not insomnia, you need to get up because that's how you declare the day. On the fourth watch. And the scripture is clear, Jesus came to them on the fourth watch. Jesus is walking on water in the fourth watch. You wanna see the miraculous, get up in the fourth watch. Don't turn over and go back to sleep. Don't turn on Sports Center or whatever you do, think it's, it's insomnia, don't count sheep, don't take melatonin, melatonin, know that this is the fourth watch. Somebody's gotta watch. It's the fourth watch. And I just came to realize I don't need a sleep specialist. I just need to obey the spirit of God and get up. And get up. There's something about praying in the fourth watch. Because your mind isn't fully awake. But your spirit. The spirit is awake. The spirit overpowers the flesh on the fourth watch. That's why the Spirit of God wakes you up, get up, get up. I don't resist the fourth watch anymore. In fact, I'll be jealous if he doesn't wake me up in the fourth watch. This morning I slept till five and I was like, Lord, and then I realized, oh, it's the end of the fourth watch but it's not six yet. And I got up and I got in the word And I went downstairs, and I began to worship. I began to walk around. In the fourth watch, in the fourth watch, they got their deliverance. They were struggling. They were struggling. The winds were contrary. But in the fourth watch, Jesus came. Lord have mercy. I hope you can see this. Something happens on the fourth watch. Get up. Get up. God needs somebody to watch over the city. God needs somebody to watch over the house. God needs somebody to watch. Fourth watch. Deliverance. Release. The miraculous happens in the fourth watch. In the fourth watch. If God didn't reveal this to me, he knew he had to because... I was going to go see a sleep specialist. He's like, no, no, this is the Holy Ghost. And what I know now is, no matter what they did to put me to sleep, if the Spirit of God woke me up, I'm going, come on. And then, you know what happens for a time? Even when I was ignorant of this. See, his people perished because of the lack of knowledge. Before I understood this fully, he would take my slumber away. Like, there was nothing I could do. And in the beginning, because I didn't know what it was, I didn't do what the Spirit wanted. And then over time, he taught me. Then I would get up and pray. I would get up and seek him. I would get up and the Holy Ghost would minister to me in ways that I wish somebody was there to witness. It was awesome because it was the fourth watch. I just wanted to point that out because if we're not intentional, we'll miss that. And we'll talk about the wind and the waves and all that, but nobody talks about the fourth watch. God prepared me by waking me up so I would understand the fourth watch. And today is the day that he wanted me to minister to his people the fourth watch. Nothing wrong with you if he's waking you up on the fourth watch. You won't be tired the next day. You won't, I'm telling, it happened to me too many times. I have more energy to do stuff because there's something about the spirit of God that causes us to mount up on wings like an eagle, causes us to walk. Come on. And we run, you won't fail. My grandmother said, you won't give out. You won't give out. And you get the picture of a majestic eagle. You will never see an eagle flapping its wings. Never. Other birds flap their wings, eagle just soars. The contrary winds don't affect an eagle because they know how to ride the winds. May you rise in the fourth watch and may you soar like an eagle. You don't have to flap. You don't. Ha- the disciples were struggling, were struggling, but God is saying, you're gonna soar like an eagle and the wind will be your friend. I'll put the wind beneath your wings. The winds can not blow contrary when, it's, when you ride on the wind. The harder the wind blows, the greater your velocity, the greater your velocity. Devil, you mess around and accelerate the plans of God if you mess with his people. Somebody say take your time. And right, let's go back to that verse. I'm talking about eagles and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to me. It's good to me. He's ministering to me. Is he ministering to you? Let's go back to Matthew 14 verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Matthew, in his writing, wants us to know that they saw him, but they were troubled. They were troubled because they didn't recognize him. I promise you, There are people that we interact with on a regular basis who see him, but they're troubled. Because they don't, come on, they don't recognize him. Saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for what? It didn't say they cried out with fear, they cried out for fear. Here, here it is again. These same, I was about to say jokers. That's not nice, is it? These same brothers, these same brothers, the same thing. The devil will keep coming back until you resist him. When you resist him, he will flee from you. Not just walk away he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh or near to you. Let's go to verse 27. Here's what he does. When he sees that I or you or his children are about to be taken with fear, springs into action. You've never seen in the scripture a time where a messenger of God, an angel, or the Lord himself comes to someone without saying, fear not, do not be afraid. The purpose of that is, I, I I want you to have an encounter with me. You can't encounter me with fear because when fear is there, there's no faith. And I can't be with you if you don't have faith. So the first thing is, fear not. So look at what happens. But immediately, Immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I know you don't recognize me, but don't be afraid. He comes to comfort us. He comes to direct us. He wants to communicate. And you know what I love about him? He'll move out of the way any barrier between us and him. He'll move it out of the way. But there's some things, bro, that I need to remove. There are barriers that he will, rem- he will always remove. It. Nothing can keep him from us. Can anything keep you from him? Selah. Let's go down to verse 31 and 32. Now, this is the meat on the bones. Now... This is the, t- the storm. This is a different storm. Leave the text up. I want to set this up. Give it context. Give context to the text. The last one, they were on the ship, and the storm rose, and Jesus said, peace be still. Now, they're toiling, and they're in a storm. Another storm. They're trying to do the will of God. They're obeying what Jesus said, and a storm comes. None of us are immune from that. We have to know how to navigate the storm. And he's never, he will never send you somewhere that he's not going. He'll go before you. He'll go with you. So now they see Jesus. They think it's a ghost. He tells them, don't be afraid. It is I. And Peter, the sanguine personality, said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he said, come, come. I want to prove to you that I'm not a ghost. It's me. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. Peter comes. He's walking on water. He's like, yeah. This is good. He's like, My feet are not even wet. He's walking. Then all of a sudden, he looked at the wind. He looked at the waves. And what happened? He began to sink, to sink. And he cried out. And it's the cry of everybody who's sinking. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And here's where Jesus comes in. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him you might be going down, but he'll stretch out his hand and he'll catch you. If you say, Lord, save me, he'll stretch out his hand. Even if the reason you fell is because you're distracted. You are coming towards him and everything is good. Now you're distracted because you're looking and you see all these circumstances. But immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of what? So it's not, it's not no faith, which fear brings. It's little faith. Why did you doubt? There's the root cause. See, fear causes no faith. Doubt causes what? Little faith. Little faith. Little faith. He said, why did you doubt? You were already walking. You are already moving. You now recognize that it's me. You know it's not a ghost because you're walking and instead of keeping your eyes on me, you start looking at the circumstances around. Don't you know I have power over nature? Don't you know that whatever you're going through, I have power over that? Why are you looking at that? You need to press towards the mark of the prize, which is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't worry about the turbulence. Don't worry about the wind and the waves. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. Can you see how Peter was having success walking on the water, going towards Jesus, but when he took his eyes and looked in other directions, there's some things when I hear it from the spirit, I have to pause and make sure so it's not me. The Lord is saying, fix your gaze. Fix your gaze your gaze. Even when your gaze is on me and you look in other directions, it's no longer fixed. Fix your gaze. Peter was looking at him, but then he looked over here and he looked over there. So his gaze was no longer fixed on Jesus and he sank. Some of us sinking because we're looking in other directions sometimes circumstances cause it it was the storm that did it but once Jesus came their confidence should have been restored they were happy to see him but they still doubted because what they were doing wasn't natural See, in the realm of the supernatural, we can doubt. And we're going to go deeper into this. God's going to release some stuff in here today. We, we, can, we can doubt because it's like, this is not supposed to be happening like this. And what, what they considered were the elements that were against them and contrary, they saw that as natural. This is a natural occurrence. This storm is even called nature. The root word of natural. So when natural things happen, we take our gaze off the one who causes the supernatural and we sink. And then our circumstances engulf us. Are you with me? Are you with me? Fix your gaze on him. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Brothers, can I speak to you for a minute? This, this isn't about, this, this is about the message. So don't, this is about the message. If I'm walking with my wife, y'all laughing at me already. You don't know what I'm gonna say. And I'm holding her hand, I'm walking with her, and I'm with her, and I'm, I'm speaking lovey-dovey, cause I'm just like that. And so we're, we're walking, all of a sudden, I look over here. Then I keep walking, then I look over here. In a minute, she's gonna jerk my hand. I'm like, what you talking about? I'm with you, aren't I? I'm with you. And then while I'm saying that, I look over here. See, that's funny, you get the illustration? that's what it's like when we're looking in other areas and God just wants to be with us. He wants to deliver us. He wants the best of us. But our gaze is in different directions. Do you get it? I'm glad you got it at my expense. (laughs) Now I know the best way to communicate. (laughs) Verse 31 and 32. And then we're going to keep it moving. 31 and 32. 32, I'm sorry. Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus removed the barrier. Here's an opportunity for them now to act. And even though they messed up, and they sank, when they took the step of faith and got in the boat, Sam, the wind ceased. There's some things that when I do it and when you do it, the storms that are buffeting you about, the winds will cease. See, the the first example we gave, Jesus had to speak to the winds, and the wind obeyed him. This time, it was the act of the disciples that caused the wind to cease. There are some times we're crying out that all we have to do is take a step. When they got in the boat, the wind ceased. I don't think y'all got that. Come on, take, that's it, that's good. Take a step now, take a step now. Jesus didn't have to speak to the wind this time for the wind to cease. It was their action. See, that's a faith act because he always responds to faith. You want the winds to cease in your life? Take a step. And when you take that step, make sure your gaze is fixed where? What is the next level of faith? It's mustard seed faith. Nobody wants mustard seed. It's like, that's the smallest thing. We think big. But there's something about mustard seed that is enough. Matthew 17, 19, and 21. Matthew 17 and 19. Let me give context to this text. How we doing? We okay? So Let me give context to this text. Jesus was up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And after they came down, the other disciples, the other nine, had experienced failure. A father in distress brought his son to them to cast out a demon, and they couldn't do it, they couldn't do it. And so just like we would do when we experience failure in ministry, they went to him, then they came to Jesus privately and said, Jesus, nobody needs to know about this but us. Even though it was public, he brought them to him publicly, everybody knows (laughs) You didn't do it, but they're like, Lord, we need to understand this because we've watched you do it over and over, and you never fail. How is it? We're your disciples. What went wrong? So they came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we do it? Everything that you attempt to do, it happens. We are, our confidence has gone up because we've watched what you did. You go up on the mountain for a little while and we get our opportunity and we, we thought we were gonna crush it. There's several things, several insights that we'll get to here that'll help us. I don't want this ancient text to stay in the past. It's a living word, it needs to impact you and me. So let's, let's go a little further. Verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your what? So we've got three things so far that caused this. The first was fear. Second was doubt. What's the third one? Unbelief. There's a, that's a whole message in and of itself. Unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have what? What's the next word? If you have, before he tells them the kind, he just says, assuredly, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He said, I I want you to understand that faith is necessary, but for this kind, don't you try to tackle this without prayer and fasting. It takes spiritual discipline to do this. We have to add to our faith for this kind prayer and fasting. There's a principle in here that I want us to see. So their failure was in casting out a demon. Why is Jesus talking about mountains? So I'm, if I'm there, I'm like, no, no, Lord, can I, can, I, can I holler at you? So the problem that I'm having is, This father brought his son to us, and we couldn't do it. You came, and you did it, and you spoke a word. You asked a few questions, you spoke a word, and you did it. You know one question he asked that wasn't for the father's benefit. It was for their benefit. He does things that are for our benefit. He just wants us to hear it. That's the power of the word, and faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He asked, how long has the child been like this? He said, from a child. toss him into the fire, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, if you can believe, and what did the man say? Come on, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And what did Jesus talk to them about? Their failure, unbelief. It wasn't for the man, he wanted to teach them something. Because even when they came to him in private, he already knew what their issue was. Before he left the mountain, he knew it. That their issue was unbelief. But now this mustard seed, let's talk about it. It's the smallest of all seeds. But when it is fully grown, here's what it becomes. Put the picture of the mustard seed tree the smallest of all seeds and what Jesus is trying to tell them bishop is this is what faith is like if just a little bit is planted in you and you act on that you speak according to that it will become this so there's no shame in mustard seed faith because if you use it it grows up and and becomes the greatest birds can lodge on it It starts almost microscopically, and then it becomes visible. May every mustard seed come to full maturity in this place. Faith, when activated, grows up. What's the next type? Marvelous faith. We're gonna try to wrap this up in seven minutes. Let's see, seven minutes, somebody laugh. No, I'm seriously, we can do this. Marvelous faith, you ready? Matthew 8, verses eight through 10. Matthew 8, verses eight through 10. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. This is what I'm calling marvelous faith. It caused Jesus to marvel. It caused Jesus to marvel. And the man wasn't coming for himself. He was coming for his servant. Other people who were in his position would say, servants are a dime a dozen. I have others. I'll command another to replace him. Have any of you seen, uh, heard about Jamie Foxx? and his sickness. I mean, I don't know what it is, but some people saying it's a stroke, but he's been in the hospital for how long now? Weeks. Weeks with a plural. And from the first day he went in, they put a stand -in in. They didn't wait and say, no, no, we're gonna have him. See, that's how the world works. What Part of what Jesus marveled at is this man who said, I have people under authority, I could say, come and go. He could have got another one to replace him right away. This is what the kingdom of God is not. He's like, no, 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 heal this one. And because I understand authority, and see, most people who are hardy would say, I'm a man in authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. May we all know how to be under authority. And he had been watching Jesus. He said, I know that there is you're under some great authority because whatever you say happens. Whatever comes out of your mouth is done. He said, Don't come to my house. I'm a Gentile. I know I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But if you just speak the word. And Jesus turned to Israel, which is a type and a foreshadow shadow of the church. He said, I haven't found this kind of faith. What that means. Is that he's looking for it he said I haven't found it he's looking for faith in Luke 18 when he talks about the widow the helpless widow who had resilient faith the it, the last verse he says when the Son of Man comes will he find faith in the earth every time we're before him he's looking to find something not the words that come out of my mouth not how I can speak None of that. He's not looking for charisma. He's looking for faith. And he said to them, I haven't found it. I haven't found it in Israel. That's what caused him to marvel. Here's, there's much more that could be said there, but I want to keep to try to get this done in seven minutes. But here's the thing. Sometimes the Lord made it clear to me Son, you marvel at the wrong things. God will never marvel at a miracle. He marvels at faith. As people, sometimes we see a miracle and we marvel, and then we look at the person as though they're marvelous. Come on. What am I talking about? Let's look at an example because I want to connect this. Can I connect this? Acts 3 and 12, and then we're going to look at Acts 3 and 16 quickly. Acts 3 and 12, because this is also marvelous faith. See, we can have marvelous faith, and it's, it's meant to be activated and released and to impact other people. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you what? So the people are marveling, and Peter teaches us something here. Why do you marvel at this or look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man whole or made this man walk? This was the man at the gate called Beautiful, 40 years old, never walked in his life. Jesus said, I mean, Peter said, gold and silver have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He didn't only get up, but he was leaping and praising God. And now the people saw that a notable miracle had been done, and they looked at them. And God said, you think that only happened then? When a miracle is worked, people get reputations. And not unlike Peter, Peter was like, nah, we're not having that. You think by our own power or holiness? No, no, no. This happened because the name of Jesus. Let's go to 316 so we can get this. God is going to work in us, but he wants us to do it the right way. Come on, somebody say, I want to do it right. I want to do it God's way. Not my way. I don't want no credit. I know that's bad English. Say it the right way. I don't want any glory. It all belongs to the one who does the miracles. Look at what Peter says. In his name. Nobody going to be healed in the name of Bob. But in the name of Jesus, you can rise up. And listen, look, look at this. In his name, through faith. In his name, It happens through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. God is going to do some things in the presence of people. He's going to do it. I'm I'm telling you, he's going to do it. What you have to know and I have to know and never forget is that it's him doing it. Because there are people who ride the reputation of his work. Peter said, we're not having that. Why are you marveling at this? It was marvelous faith. It was marvelous faith. Why are you marvel as though we did this? By our own godliness of power I want to set the record straight It's through the name of Jesus It's through faith in his name It's through him None of this stuff could happen without him He's the one All power is given unto him The authority is in him That's why Jesus marveled at the faith The people marveled at the miracle Can you see that? We don't marvel at miracles Because we expect him to do it And when he does it, he gets the glory. God marvels at faith. People marvel at miracles. Godliness means I'm gonna be like God. I won't marvel at a miracle, I expect it. I expect it. Do you remember what Peter said when the man asked him for money? Peter said, look at me, look at me. And the Bible said the man looked at him expecting to receive something but he expected money but Peter had something better gold and silver I don't have sometimes God will leave us broke so we can give what we have because if you have money it's easy to say hey my man I got you break him off something and you feel good but he still can't walk he's in the same position But God made sure they were broke. But they had true riches. They had true riches. What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Here's something I'm sure of. Here's something I'm sure of. The day will come. On that young man that Jesus' marvelous faith, he didn't lay hands. Peter didn't touch this man. It's the atmosphere of faith. God is teaching us this so that we're in such an atmosphere of faith. The day will come where people will come in one way and they'll leave another. Perfect soundness in their bones. Perfect soundness in the name of Jesus. Rise up. Let's get to the last one. Great faith. Marvelous faith. I want to say to you, your faith looks marvelous. Your faith looks marvelous. Last one. One verse, Matthew 15 and 28. Last verse, and we're going to land this plane. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, what did he say? You see where great faith comes from? Right out of his mouth. Every one of these five, Jesus spoke them. He told us the problem, he told us the solution. It's interesting that the centurion and the woman from Canaan, the Syrophoenician, were all outside of the faith, but they showed great faith. That's why he wants us to go out and compel. Some of those who come in They're gonna have great faith. They're not gonna sit on their faith. They're gonna be releasing it. And let's not put a harness on them and say, whoa, 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 slow down. We We don't do that. Jesus is looking for faith, marvelous faith. Now this woman, most people would have been insulted. She came to him on behalf of her daughter who was sick and she knew he could heal her. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Let me sit down in the presence of these lovely sisters. Even Jesus knows better than to talk to a person whose heart is not right like that because he'll get some necks wiggling, he'll get three pops in a circle, Y'all know what three pops in a circle. But she wasn't offended. You know why? Faith kept her grounded. Her response was beautiful. She said, yes, my Lord. So the first thing is she agreed with him. When the word of God seems offensive to us, The best thing we can do, Brandy, is agree with the word. She agreed. And then she said, even the crumbs that fall from the master's table, the puppies, the little dogs, the puppies, eat from that. And what did Jesus say? Oh, woman, great is your faith. Here's the benefit of great faith. He then said to her, let it be, put that verse back up, let it be to you. This is great faith, the benefit. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I want to have great faith so that when I desire it, it happens. Do you know the root of the miraculous? is compassion and love. Compassion and love. Because that, that puts my motive right. It's not about heartiness or pride. Jesus was moved with compassion. The way you unlock the miraculous is with faith which worketh through love. You hear me? Faith that works through love. That's why Jesus never, Jesus never said be healed, and they weren't healed. There was never a leper that came to him and didn't leave without leprosy. There was a time they said they brought all the sick people, and he healed them all because compassion and love moved him. People of God, here's here's what the Spirit is saying to us. To every one of us, we have a measure of faith. And as we move in faith, we will get to a place where corporately our faith is marvelous, our faith is marvelous. People will marvel, God will marvel at our faith. And when people marvel at the miracles, we'll turn them, like Peter, to the Lord. We'll turn them to them. Don't get puffed up, don't get it twisted. It's him and him alone. He does miracles so well. And when we have that perspective towards him and love for people, it gets unlocked. Things get unlocked. It gets unlocked. God, I pray strength. I pray strength to the bones, to the arthritic bones that are aching. I pray that you will release marvelous faith in this room. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God touch somebody now and release great faith that the things we desire will happen. Will happen. Will happen. May faith be activated. Marvelous faith. Great faith. Mustard seed faith. Faith that is little shall become large. May it never be, may it never be among us where we're caught for a moment with no faith. That shall not be our portion. That shall not be our lot. We shall dwell together with great faith, with marvelous faith. This is your will for us. God, do it. Be it unto us. Just as you have spoken Cause it to be so Cause it to be so Dead works Cannot survive In the presence of faith In the presence of faith Dry bones come alive In the presence of faith Bones that were dry Have muscle and breath and come alive. Awaken a great army in the midst of your people, even in Philadelphia. God, you can do it. We prophesy to the dry bones. Breath, the Ruach of God. Let it blow continuously in this place every eye closed and every head bowed. There might be someone in the room or on the live stream. Jesus is coming towards you. But because you don't recognize him, it's causing you to doubt. Today is your day for doubt to be removed. If you want an intimate relationship with him so that he can speak to the storms in your life. So he can show you how to do what he does. So he can teach you to do greater works than these that he did. I want you to lift your hand while every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Lift your hands. He's ready to receive you. He's been waiting for you. He's been bidding you to come. You just didn't know it was him. Well, now you know. Now you know. Father, I pray for each of these whose hands are raised that I see. For those on the live stream who you see just as you saw the disciples as they were toiling They didn't know that you saw them. But when you came before them, they were fearful until you told them to be of good cheer. But they still had doubt. I pray that you will remove all doubt. Bid them to come. Reveal yourself in a way that is so real it's undeniable that their gaze from this time forward would be fixed on you. They come to give you their lives. All they had. Teach them the truth that they have been bought with a price. And now, from this time forward, they're no longer their own. We bless you. We trust you to take care of them and to keep them because if you keep them, they shall be kept. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a hand clap. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody pray like there's marvelous faith in this room. Somebody praise God like there's great faith in this room. Nothing shall be impossible to us. Nothing shall be impossible to us. I believe God for things that I've not yet spoken. Great is your faith, new covenant. Be unto you as you desire. God, now we ask that you would give us the desires of our heart so that the desires that flow through our heart would agree with you. If you know If you know, we're gonna do this quickly, I'm just led to do this, that you're carrying something, that no matter how much you sip on it, the longer you hold it, the heavier it gets, the heavier it gets. Then you know it's time for you to put it down. You've struggled with it. I want you to come quickly now and it won't take long. We'll pray together and you will be changed. If there's nobody who has anything, don't come. But if it's you, come, come quickly. God is coming for deliverance. And this deliverance is a result of the prayer that the women prayed yesterday. They created the soil, they created the soil Thing just happened to me. There's a young lady I've been watching for years. I used to see her up there, and it blessed me, saying to watch her praising God. And she just walked down, and I lo- I just hugged her and said, "I love you." I've been wanting to say that. And she said, "I love you too." I want you to know that God has a way of touching us. In unusual ways and I believe he allowed me to experience that so I could say to all of you in authority with authority God is gonna touch you in an unusual way it's not conventional it's not always about the laying on of hands it's about the touch of the Spirit of God and I was just touched by heaven by the embrace of of a little one who I've admired from afar for years. Stretch your hands towards these and you lift your hands, those at the altar. Father, we've been carrying things that were light in the beginning. And God, we didn't understand That the longer we carry it, the heavier it gets. And if we don't put it down, it will paralyze us spiritually. It will cause us to not be able to function, which will impact our purpose, which will impact our destiny. And so today, we put it down. We put it down. That we might walk in purpose. That we might move in the direction of our destiny. You have greatness before us. We've been carrying it long enough. We put it down. We put it down. We put it down. No more worry. No more stress, no more unforgiveness, no more needless pain. For some of us, the weight of betrayal is on us. We have a hard time coming to grips with that betrayal. But you understand that You said I was wounded in the house of a friend. But yet, I'm never alone. Because my father is with them. Father, be with them. That they might overcome the pain of betrayal. For those who've been hurt, emotionally abused, physically abused taken advantage of by those who are supposed to protect them God lift the weight we lay it down we pray for healing inner healing inner healing and from this time forward whenever they're afraid they're going to trust in you activate faith in each one of these your children each one of them you're not looking for complainers you're looking for faith you're not looking for excuses you're looking for faith you're not looking for rationalization you're looking for faith some of them God have earnestly been wrong but carrying this is doing them harm so today we put it down we lay it at your feet so that no longer will we bear needless burdens we lay them down thank you for the touch thank you for healing and now would you give God a praise clap your hand lift your voice clap your hands God said it is finished it is finished! Give God a praise, like you know you've been delivered! You know you've been set free! You know it's not the same! You know it! You know it! Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.